0: it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. Did you see Donald Trump? You see what on Hannity's town hall last night? Have you seen his comments since Joe Biden has fallen down and couldn't get up? The Life Alert commercial? I want you, I want, I want, I want you to, to listen to this. And the media is never going it's, to, it's kind of like what's happening right now. You. If you were watching MSNBC, you would think, that Joe Biden walked into the meeting with Kevin McCarthy and said, listen, you little whippersnapper, here are the terms of this debt raising deal and that's it, take it or leave it. That's how they're spinning this. All up and down the day parts. That this is Biden, Biden, Biden did this, Biden did this, Biden negotiated this. Biden didn't do anything for almost 100 days while Kevin McCarthy was passing a bill in the House of Representatives. I'm not even gonna... I'm gonna, I have some clips of, you know, past the Senate last night. I have clips of Mike Lee, Lindsey Graham, Rand Paul, Bernie Sanders. Going to get into that in just in just a minute. Forgetting how you feel about the deal. There are some people that say, if it's not a perfect deal, then I don't want it. And there are some people that say, the president said he wasn't going to give us anything. We got this list of things. Better than nothing. That's not what I'm dealing with right now. The media is not holding Joe Biden to account for being absent for almost 100 days. While Kevin McCarthy, love him, hate him, agree or disagree, passed something through the House of Representatives that has since passed the Senate last night. But here's President Trump in Iowa, finding out that Joe Biden fell. Play cut one.
1: He just fell on what stage? He's, down at, um, Colorado Springs that He's at the Air Force Academy. He actually fell down. Well, I hope he wasn't hurt. I hope he wasn't hurt. But it's, the whole thing is, look, the whole thing is crazy. You got to be careful about that. You got to be careful about that, because you don't, you don't want that. Even if you have to tiptoe down a ramp, you got to tip-
0: <laughs> So there's Trump saying, look, I'm not going to make fun of this. And then in a self-deprecating humor, he makes fun of himself walking down that ramp, which the media gave the gave the Zapruder film treatment to. I mean, they mocked it. Anytime Donald Trump had any issue where he may have looked tired and the man has got a ton of energy, they started screaming about the 25th Amendment, questioning his health. Anytime. He was walking downstairs. Whether, whether he was moving slowly or gingerly, it didn't matter. They slowed it down. They they shaded it. Oh, my God, look at his feet. Look at his knees. There's something wrong with Trump. Biden trips here. Biden falls there. Biden falls off the bike. Oh, he's fine, they say. Don't you dare question his fitness. But there's Trump saying, you know, look, I, I, there's nothing to make fun of. Do you think the media is going to say, "Wow, well, President Trump in a moment of humanity saw the sitting president and said, hey, 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 let's not joke about that. Here he is with Hannity last night in New Hampshire, cut two.
1: I doubt he knows what day of the week it is today. That's how, that's how bad I think it's gotten for him. Why are you reluctant to call that out? Well, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. I actually called Sean, and I I asked Sean not to joke about it. I was joking Because he used to joke about it. And I said, honestly, I don't think it looks good for you or for anybody for you to joke about it, because it's a serious problem. I was talking about sippy cup and warm milky at night and bedtime stories. So I said, uh, I just don't think it's good for anybody, and, you know, it's uh, not appropriate. You can speak about it if you want, but I don't think you should joke about it. And you really didn't
0: after that. (laughs) <laughs> Do you see the media giving any grace? Democrats giving any grace to the president here? I mean, to the former president? Perhaps soon to be president again? Donald Trump? No. They have decided that no matter what, he is not a human being. He's not a human being. If the ballot was Trump, Hitler, and the devil, they'd be standing there going, I don't know. I'm not going to think about it. What about you guys? If the ballot was Obama, Hitler, and the devil, I'm voting for Obama, okay? Do I, do I, do I need to? Do I, what about Kamala Harris? If the ballot is Hitler, the devil, and Kamala Harris, I guess I'm voting for Kamala Harris, okay? I'm the, ooh, I don't know, Kamala Harris, Satan, Kamala Harris, Hitler. I don't know if there's a, wow, is there a better option here? And you know how the media looks at Trump that way. All through his presidency. No matter what he did that, was, that he did good. Incredible things. Opportunity zones, opportunity scholarships. Record support for historic black college and universities. They portrayed all of that as a negative. Now they can jump up and down. Joe Biden created 12 million jobs. The unemployment rate for black people's historic lows. Well, it depends on where you are. Because in Florida, the unemployment rate for black men is half that of New York. Fact, statistic, fact. But nobody says anything negative about New York and positive about Florida. Why? Look who the governors are. But under Donald Trump, because of the tax and regulatory policy, which I blame Republicans for failing to get spending cuts. I blame Ryan. I blame McConnell. Say, so what about Trump? What about Trump? Do we want presidents writing the budget? Because that's not what the Constitution says. The Constitution says all bills for raising revenue shall originate in the House of Representatives. That means first and foremost, Paul Ryan, as Speaker of the House, was to shepherd a budget. And he didn't. They didn't cut any spending. And as long as Mitch McConnell is reigning over Republicans in the Senate, we are never going to get actual spending cuts. We might get slowed growth. We might get caps. We might get this. We might get that for a short period of time. But you're not going to get spending cuts. It's just not going to happen. But the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act created more momentum in the economy. See, when you see Biden standing at a job site, And bragging about manufacturing, bragging about manufacturing, that's a government subsidy. The difference between a tax cut and a government subsidy is the cost to the taxpayer in the private sector. It didn't cost a penny. It didn't cost a penny to cut taxes and roll back. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, they blew up the deficit. You know, uh, again, you have to cut spending. It's not enough to cut taxes. If someone says you can't you can't have tax cuts without spending cuts, I would agree. Now in most cases when you cut taxes, you get more economic activity and you get even more revenue. But you still have to cut taxes either way. The idea that there's some threshold owed to government. See the disconnect here what we're dealing with here. When you hear these Democrats like Catherine Clark, when you hear these people screaming and yelling, we're going to blow up the deficit, they're they're telling you they refuse to cut spending. They think the government has an absolute moral authority to spend as much as it wants on whatever it wants. But under Donald Trump, those policies created economic growth. That did not cost the taxpayer. Well, it cost the government. Well, so damn what? So what? So what? If the government has to learn to do more of those, well, well, you can't go with a 1% cut. What's that going to do? I don't know. You'll figure it out. Maybe you'll have to prioritize your budget and your efforts at the Department of Education or the Department of Commerce or the Department of Transportation or whatever it is. You'll have to figure it out. Like any other family, like any other business. The idea that government has to be immune from these things is ridiculous. But that growth and those job numbers pre-COVID, which the authoritarian left used COVID gleefully to destroy the Trump economy. Because had they not done it, the trajectory we were on was, I don't know how far it would have gone. But when when the numbers came in, And we had the lowest level of black and Hispanic unemployment in the history of this country, or at least the history of the record keeping. The media never once not ever said, wow, that's amazing. I don't know if I like the guy, but that's amazing. Wine 695 Patriot 9572874. Here's Speaker McCarthy after the vote in the House, before I play some cuts from the Senate before the vote. Cut three.
1: I wanted to make history. I wanted to do something no other Congress has done. That we would literally turn the ship. That for the first time, in quite some time, we'd spend less than we spent the year before. Tonight, we all made history. Because this is the biggest cut and savings this Congress has ever voted for. And it's not that we're just voting for it. This is going to be law. 2.1 trillion dollars
0: now there's a a concern and i would have hoped that maybe chuck schumer and mitch mcconnell would have dealt with this in the senate said it back to the house and that is this sort of rolling two-year this rolling two-year debt limit which the freedom caucus in the house and many senators conservative senators say, could lead to even more borrowing to the tune of $4 trillion. Here's Rand Paul, cut four. People say
2: Washington doesn't compromise. They compromise all of the time. That's what this debt deal, debt deal that's before us is, is compromise. But the compromise is always to spend more money. How do we know that? The debt deal that's been crafted by Biden and McCarthy is an unlimited increase in the debt ceiling. See, historically, when we raised the debt ceiling, it would be $100 billion or $200 billion or, God forbid, a trillion dollars. It was a dollar amount. This debt ceiling will go up till January 2025. How many dollars will be borrowed? As many as they can possibly shovel out the door. It will be how much money can you shovel out the door until January 2025? That's how much we will spend. Is there a dollar amount? No. How much can you shovel it out and how fast can you shovel it out?
0: Looking here at the Hill, it says CBO finds Biden McCarthy debt limit deal could reduce spending by $1.5 trillion over a decade. That doesn't mean a damn thing. That doesn't mean a damn thing. After the next election, Republicans may hold the House. They may lose the House. McCarthy may be the Speaker. Somebody else may be the Speaker. We don't know what it's going to mean two, three, four years from now. To look at 2033 is completely and utterly meaningless. Now, again, I'm not saying that everything in it was bad. But there's a lot of things that needed fixing. Play cut six. Regrettably, the lopsidedly negotiated Fiscal Responsibility Act, as it's called. Mike Lee. Heralded by Speaker McCarthy and President Biden, fails to provide the respite our nation desperately needs. Rather than offering substantive solutions to tackle the root causes of our fiscal woes, it appears to be a palliative pill. It's a
1: bad deal for America, a missed opportunity to confront our challenges, an abdication of our responsibility to protect Americans' economic security and well-being. We can and must do better, Madam President. We must abandon the
0: complacency that's brought us to this point and chart a new course, a course that values something approaching fiscal sanity. There is an easy fix to this. There really is an easy fix. I know that, you know, we've all been led to believe by people in Washington that only they know how this stuff works. And you and me, the little people, the rabble, we don't really really understand this. When you cap the growth of spending at 1%, if you come back during the appropriations process and cut all of spending by 1%, meaning you capped the growth. But then you actually look at what you spent in 2023 and say, okay, in the 2024 budget, we are gonna spend 1% less than that. Now, one of the things, the budget tricks you ought to understand are at play here. When they talk about discretionary and non-discretionary or defense and non-discretionary, and, uh, uh, the, the cut that comes to uh, discretionary spending is spread over all the priorities. When it's defense spending, it's a cut of one priority. So you could have a multitude of programs that are losing a teeny tiny percentage of their resources where this, the DoD would be losing a full one percent. Why Patriot. You want to talk about some of the spending? Here's Lindsey Graham, speaking of which, his biggest concern is this debt deal does not add to the billions we've already sent to Ukraine. Cut five. We're going to cap spending
2: at a level that we cannot expand the Navy. And in the same period of time, China's going to go from 310 ships over a 10-year period to 440. Less money for the Marines, less money for the Army, less ships for the Navy at a time of great conflict. Not a penny in this bill to help Ukraine defeat Putin. They're going on the offensive as I speak and we need to send a clear message to Putin that when it comes to your invasion of Ukraine, we're going to support the Ukrainians to ensure your loss. If we don't do that, then we're going to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory.
0: So once again, kind of like cutting priorities across the spectrum versus one. It's the United States that's going to spend and then the other half or the other share will be spread all over NATO. So once again, it's the United States having to constantly pony up, constantly bill the taxpayers. Now, that doesn't mean I want Putin to win. It just means that once again, Trump was right. Our allies are a little stingy by comparison. Now, of course, you can't have... You can't have discussion like this without Bernie Cut7.
2: It was not a difficult decision. Look, the bottom line is in America today, we have more income and wealth inequality than we've ever had. People on top doing phenomenally well, middle class struggling, lower income people really facing desperate times. And you don't do deficit reduction in any moral sense on the backs of some of the people in this country who are barely making it right now meanwhile the wealthiest people in this country who are doing phenomenally well will pay no more in taxes large corporations that have raised profits seen huge increases in their profits in recent years they're not going
0: to be asked to pay a nickel more in taxes see this is this is why this is why i hate democracy if you're let's say elon musk warren buffett level rich Just because there are more people that want to take what you have than the number you represent to defend it doesn't make it right. So if you have a rich person and a whole bunch of people that want to take that wealth away from that person because they want it, that doesn't make it moral. Unless you stole your wealth. And if you don't like uh, Elon Musk's wealth burning, maybe you guys should stop subsidizing the EV market. I mean, if truth be told, I know we love good old Elon for Twitter, but if we're being honest, a lot, a lot of what a lot of what he's got has to do with the EV subsidies. I mean, he's kind of the king of subsidies, if we're, we're being totally honest here. But it's the same attitude they have with the pharmaceutical companies. These pharmaceutical companies are charging huge sums for their prescription drugs while seniors are ever more struggling. Well, then why did you give them billions of dollars for a vaccine mandate? You wanna complain about the profits of the pharmaceutical company, Bernie? You guys gave them tens of billions of dollars and you're complaining about their profits. Well, how did they get those profits? You essentially subsidized the entire process of creating the COVID vaccine. Then you purchased the product back for them after you subsidized it. And you didn't stick around for the, you didn't stop there. You bought doses for the whole damn world. Wine 6695 Patriot 9572874. But this is why I, I hate democracy the way the Democrats look at it. There's not a line of text in the constitution that creates federal welfare or federal redistribution of wealth, not a line of text. Can't find it, can't show it to me, can't cite it. And yet we have this back and forth between the welfare state and defense. Now, if you want to cut defense, you have, you have to cut the responsibilities of the military, just that simple. They can't be here, there, and everywhere defending everybody else's borders. If you want to cut defense, you've got to cut the responsibilities. But at the same time, defense is in the Constitution. Welfare is not. Defense in the Constitution, welfare not. Border security in the Constitution, welfare not. So really what should be happening here is we should be cutting loose all these responsibilities from the federal government and the tax dollars associated with it and return all of that back to the states. But like I said yesterday, none of these people go to the big dance. You know, they get invited to the prom. They don't want to give the power back. We are right, they are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program can not be broken. Ever. serious XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Will Wilkow Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to three east, nine to noon west on Sirius XM Patriot channel 125.